I have to admit, this feels rather strange. I'm writing this still waiting for Christmas, yet knowing we'll read this together after all the celebrations are done, however that may be this year. These post-Christmas days can sometimes feel like wilderness days, but not quite, and in-between times. The days when the celebrations are done, far too much turkey and chocolate has been consumed, and we've watched too much TV and not moved around nearly enough. And in amongst all that, there is a sense of waiting again. But for what? Just two days ago, we journeyed through this amazing story, a story of angels filling the skies with praise, of awestruck shepherds, of a tiny, vulnerable baby born in a place far from his mother's home. But what now? Do we pack it all away with the tinsel and fairy lights in a sturdy box stored in the roof until next December? What next? Our passage today may just help us with that. I have to confess that on first reading I found these verses from John 21 very odd. The verses 20 to 23 in the middle of this passage describe a most unusual conversation between Peter and Jesus. Peter shows his tendency to ask too many questions as he asks Jesus what will happen to John, with the seemingly terse response of, mind your own business, followed by the often misunderstood verses that were frequently read as suggesting John would not die before Jesus came again. But maybe Jesus was continuing to teach Peter to not compare himself to others and to concern himself with God's call on his own life only. Frequently we read scripture and are unsure of the meaning. But maybe like me, you've read the same passage on different occasions and have found inspiration or comfort in different ways each time. We may think we've previously misunderstood it, but that's often not the case. It is a sign that the word of God is alive and relevant and speaking into our lives at all times, in all situations. We may not always understand, but we can trust and listen to the Lord. There are two parts of this passage that really struck me, two phrases. The first is in verse 19 and repeated again in verse 22, a sure sign that it's important. Follow me. We hear these words so frequently in the Gospels, 23 times to be precise, from Jesus's first call to the disciples, to the call to take up our cross and follow, to hear as Jesus visited the disciples after his resurrection. It was the greatest call on their lives and on ours too. It has been God's call to his people from creation and I cannot help but be reminded today of Mary's obedience in what God asked of her and her simple, trusting yes. Even at this point, after all Peter had seen, done and heard, Jesus' instruction is simply, follow me. As John tells us in chapter 8, whoever follows me will not walk in the darkness but will have the light of life. Words we all may need to hear in these difficult and somewhat dark times. 
It reminds me of when Peter stepped out of that boat to walk on the water towards Jesus. All was well whilst he kept his eyes on Christ, but when he noticed the storm around him, he began to sink and Jesus took his hand. I love the painting by Yong Sung Kim entitled Hand of God. Jesus reaching out to take the hand of the overwhelmed. Follow him. He will take your hand. He will lead. The second of the words that struck me in this passage is testify. In verse 24, John tells us that this is the disciple who testifies to these things. John is sharing the good news with us, sharing the love of God. Whilst reading for one of my college assignments, I came across a quote from a prominent theologian, Charles Spurgeon. He was writing about how we share the good news of Christ, how we testify. He quoted the beginning of this conversation between Peter and Jesus in verses 15 to 17, where Jesus asks Peter three times if he loves him and tells him three times to feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Sturgeon writes of how sometimes we can put the food for the sheep, that's how we share the gospel, far too high. We use language that others don't always understand. So high that he suspects the verses should be read as, feed my giraffes. Apart from making me laugh and becoming my favourite theologian quote, it made me think, how do we testify? How do we speak of our God to others? If we tell of God who sent his son to pay the penalty for our sins and that if we believe in him and let him into our hearts asking for forgiveness, our souls will be saved and we'll live eternally in heaven. This is the hope we have in the Bible, in the word of God, is it not? If this is how we testify, we assume our hearer knows our God, knows he has a son, and goodness knows what they may think we mean by sin and our souls and heaven. What do these words mean to our hearer? What difference does it make to them? So how should we speak of our God? In this passage, Jesus shows us quite plainly and simply, follow me, just follow me. He will lead us where and to who he needs us to go. And like Mary, he just wants to hear our yes. We don't need long words or complicated explanations. We just need to tell of why we love our God, show how we follow him and trust him for the rest. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Let's share that light in these dark days. Amen. <laughs>